Hello and welcome to the I'm Walking Here podcast. Come and listen as some idiots talk about sports and give their takes for a while. Welcome to an episode of I'm Walking Here. I'm your resident master as always, Ian Cusick. Join my good friend, as always, the New Yorker, Bryce Holds. Bryce, how are you doing today? You know, doing good. I'm doing good. Um, it's our first episode after uh, that crazy week with the year. So we're back in nor- back to normal, pretty much. Um, I, brought a, I brought a friend this time. Yes, we have a new friend here. So uh... my, fr- my friend Hefe. You. From uh, We Journal Great Sports, which he started, well, like two months ago. Uh, July, yeah, in the uh, 1st of July. Yeah, 1st of July, so almost two months. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How about y'all? We, we good. Yeah, it's I, great to have you on. Oh, it's great to be here. I know uh, Stryker speaks highly of you guys. Our yeah, first guest ever, yeah. Stryker, uh, yeah, first guest ever. Um, That was a long time ago. <laughs> well, he's been on three other times, too, but yeah, he was uh, he, he kicked us off, so we'll always remember that. Um, but we wanted to start, uh, with a pretty tragic NFL story with, uh, Derwin James. Um, he he went, um, he went down with a, what was a stress fracture in his foot? Yes. A stress fracture in his foot. And he's, I I don't know if he's already had surgery or if he's about to have surgery, but, um. He's going to miss a lot of time. Yeah. He's gonna miss. He's gonna. I think it was like three to six, which is a lot. Um, and of course, right after uh, I, I said the Chargers would uh, take the West. Um, to me, this does. This could change a lot of things. Um, he's such a talent that his absence isn't filled. He's not a next man up kind of player. You need Derwin James. So, well, yeah, you know, the one thing I think, even though you need a Derwin James, you know, I think if it was going to be any part of their defense, I think that's maybe the part of their defense that could take a little bit of a hit. So, say, I don't, maybe, I mean, Derwin James is so good, though. I he mean, goes, he's, he's great, he's a, he's a game changer for sure. And one thing I hope is just that I mean, I'd say that Derwin James. Great. He's easily a top yeah. two part of that defense. It's it's between him and Bosa. The, he, they're the two well, core no, pieces no, of that no, defense. So no, losing one of them would be really Ingram is good. I yeah, I, I do know what you mean. Ingram's easily, but I also was like, his, I mean, he is. He's got like he's a top level safety. Yeah, he is great. He, he so. definitely is. He's he's amazing. He's. You know, when uh, he was on the draft board, I was hoping Dallas would move up and, and pick him up. But, you know, the one thing that I hate about it is I just hope that this injury doesn't come back and change the way he plays yeah. football because he, he plays it so passionately and furiously. Yeah, and I could totally – um, I totally hope he comes back the same or even better. I mean, that's a foot, man. You know, that's that's part of you know that's what makes yeah. it keeps. That's you know that 
You can't do anything without your feet on the football. Field. Yeah, you can't. You can't really mess up your foot or leg in football. That's really. Yeah, it's that's definitely not something you want to be messing with is your feet. But um, with Derwin James, this is a really. I don't know how much time they say he's expected to miss exactly. I think yeah, definitely a couple months. I think they said he could probably come back around November, maybe December, depending on how rehab. Yeah, that's. It's it's definitely gonna be tough without him. I think the defense they have is good. I think they're still a playoff team without him. Yeah, yeah. They can definitely still snag the wild card, especially with how top heavy the AFC is this year. I think that they can. I I think. All right. So you said you had them winning the season, yeah, Bryce. Yeah. I think I had I had them as a wild card team. Um, I think it's very possible that they still get a wild card spot. It's yeah, it's going to be hard. Uh, Definitely, it's it's going to be a challenge for them to. Um, I mean, really, I can't think of a lot of teams that are going to be vying for that wild card. I mean, maybe the Steelers, but I don't know how good they're going to be uh, without AB. And, it's probably gonna be between the wild cards. Probably gonna be between like the Ravens and the Chargers. Maybe, maybe I mean, the I Jets. I think it really comes down to just three teams. Really, just the Ravens, the Steelers, and probably the Chargers. Well, what do you? So you think the Ravens aren't gonna make it at all? Well, actually, I think I think the Ravens have a chance to win the division. I gotta, oh, I, gotta okay. I gotta, I gotta see how their how their offense looks though. I gotta see how it really looks. With uh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Jackson's uh, deep ball accuracy has got to get a little better. Um, I mean, they're definitely running a high school offense where you put the most athletic guy with the biggest arm at the quarterback and then you run a whole bunch of options and a whole bunch of different things that, you know, make that put them in space and that put them in easy decision making moments, but. I think I think they can still put it together with that with that uh, defense that they have. Yeah, they do have a good defense for sure. Right. No. Adding Earl Thomas certainly doesn't hurt either. Because I, I, you know, the one thing, but, um, you know, the Browns, I'm not really sold on the Browns completely. Not a lot of. I feel like it's fifty fifty with the Browns. It's either like people are like, yeah, they're going to be great, or they're not sold, and there's no in between. I personally think they're too talented to not win the division. I don't know. Too talented. We've heard a lot of too talented teams. I mean, what they did last season with Baker looked really good. Obviously, he had that connection with Jarvis Landry, David Njoku. Uh, the offense only got better this season, bringing in uh, Odell, bringing in Kareem Hunt, who will be great once he's not suspended anymore. Um, but, um Frankly, I just like Bryce said, this team has too much talent um, on offense to not be a playoff team. Although, well, yeah. my only two team. concerns for the Browns is how the locker room is going to be, and um, can Baker put it up against good defenses? Because last year he really couldn't. When he played a good defense, he did not play great. Um, so that's going to have to change. He's going to have to be able to bring it. And obviously, the locker room is it's full of people that are um, characters. That's for sure. Baker, yeah, yeah, including Baker himself. I mean, 
if you want, we can we can go a little well, bit into what was going on. With he just it's it wasn't really between him and Daniel Jones. He just used Daniel Jones as an excuse to come at the Giants. There's no reason to come out the come at the Giants if you're Baker Mayfield. You don't play them that often. They're not a division rival. They're not even in the same conference. There's no reason to speak on the Giants. The only person that has any right to speak on the Giants is Odell. He has a right to speak on the Giants. Yeah, and he continues to. And he did. Which is, you know, I'll I'll live with that. That's whatever. I think he should probably just get over it, but that's his decision. Baker has no reason to speak on the Giants. Does he, Baker have a reason to plant a flag in the middle of the field? At least he at least he did. He is he's a character, and that's that's whatever. He can be I mean, a character. It's, it's whatever, but that's what comes with it. Sometimes you take shots at people who don't necessarily have to take shots at. And personally, I think really more than anything, I think Baker was. I think the biggest thing in that Baker, I think the reason why he went at at him so hard is just because of. I think he knows if they would have had a number one pick, they probably wouldn't have picked him. And I think a lot of teams thought that the Browns might have been reaching on Baker. I mean, because I remember right before the draft, nobody could believe that Baker was going number one. You know, I heard a lot of people who wanted Darnold going, going to Cleveland or they wanted Saquon to take him or things like that. I think Baker just – I think he's – he wants to talk junk to the NFL that, you know, you guys didn't see me as a number one quarterback, and now everyone thinks, hey, I'm the best quarterback under 25, maybe. No, he's not. But that, that's, see, yeah, though, that's, that's, true. Still under that's true. I forgot about Mahomes. I think, I think he's getting a lot of hype as either that number two or number three guy there under 25. I, I My thing about Baker is, yes, he's a loudmouth, but – when you're in the NFL, it's not college. It's different. You got to just play the game. And as somebody like when you're the starting quarterback, no matter if you have leader qualities or not, you're still looked at as the leader of the offense, at least, if not the team. Baker has Baker is a is a great leader. I'll give him that. Yes, but he also needs to learn that sometimes you can't run your mouth. Sometimes you gotta stay quiet, and I mean this happens. You know who Baker reminds me of? Who? Uh, Jim McMahon from the Bears. Jim McMahon. Okay. He he had a lot of those qualities, that kind of that gunslinger mentality, great leader of men, very eccentric in personality for a quarterback. Great college player. He, He he just reminds me so much of him. I don't know. There's a point to me where it's just it's too petty sometimes. Cuz like this like when you're taking shots as a giant, you play them once every couple years. Like there is no point. I mean, <laughs> I mean you could take shot. I mean, people take shots at people for for anything. And like I said, I think he was salty because he didn't like what the I think he didn't like how the Giants were approaching him. In those draft interviews, because I don't, I don't think that they really thought that they were going to take him at number two um, if he was available. Well, that's the thing. If Barkley went one, we might have. If Cleveland, think. if Cleveland drafted Barkley, we might have went ba- Baker at two. 
but that obviously didn't happen. Right. I just think he needs to be he needs to be focused on people he actually is going to be playing. I think they do play the Giants this year, but that's every couple of years, man. Like you, next year, okay? No, nah, they play them next year. Um, they, I, you just take shots at the Steelers. Like the Steelers ha- are a way worse situation, public publicity wise, as the Giants right now. They just lost their two best players. Well. I mean, the thing about the Steelers is if you take shots at the Steelers, I mean, you can always take shots at the Steelers, but, I mean, what for? That's, like, what, that's what do you because you – the Giants for? There's really no reason. No, that's – no, it's different. They play the Steelers two times a year. They don't play the Giants every year. Well, he that's, can save that for the week of, man. I mean, he could honestly save the, the Pittsburghs. Are you going to pent up a year worth of anger for a team that's not even in your conference? Uh, I mean, I think I think there's a lot of people who can hold a lot of grudges and chips for a long time. I don't know, man. I don't see it. I think it's too petty. I think there's a point where it's too petty, and I think that crosses the line of too petty to me. But that's them. That's their business, right? I, which I, I think, I think really more than anything, part of that is also Odell. I think he has a problem with what probably Odell said. I think that. Uh, well, that's the thing. Odell, Odell just straight up said, "They sent me to Cleveland to die." Yeah, which is a shot at Cleveland. That would ma- that would make sense if Cleveland was like old Cleveland and not. That's the thing. Cleveland now. It's like you just got sent to them. play with your best friend and one of the best young talent. Young, talented rosters in all football. They sent you to die. Really, that's that's <laughs> offensive to the franchise. Come on, now. you know Cleveland does not fit a guy like Odell. Beckham. No, he uh, no, it obviously doesn't. But his career is not going to suffer by playing with a better quarterback and his best friend. That's the point. Well, no, it's not. But at the same time, okay, some of those. Some of those commercials and stuff may not go to him anymore because he's he's out of New York. He shouldn't care. He's going to have a more successful career on the field. Are and I sure think that, that... Are you that, sure about that? See, here's yeah, the thing. I'm pretty sure about that. Everyone is anointing Baker Mayfield, and he hasn't really showed that he can play against a good defense yet. I think, I think he's going to have a adding Odell Is adding Odell going to hurt? Adding Odell doesn't hurt, but who's to say... That something doesn't go wrong. I mean, Odell's pretty injury prone. Yeah, I could I could agree with that. I mean, he's pretty injury prone. He might miss a bunch, a ton of games. I mean, Jarvis Landry. I mean, he's a really good possession receiver. If he's your number two receiver, that's really great. I mean, but he doesn't move the needle that much for me. You know, and then when it comes to young talent, man, you got to be really careful with that young talent order because sometimes. That talent is just talent. It's not. It doesn't actually produce. I mean, Ninjoku and Chubb produce. They do, but they produce on bad teams. It's easy to produce on bad teams. This man, Ian. Oh, Ian just. 
I'm, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, Ian, no, I, said, I think Chubb's. Gonna he's have gonna a have a good year, but top, Ian put him in the top five for all running backs, which is. I doubt it. I think for this year, I think he will be top the ten. Player. Absolutely, top five. I, I, I think that's a little far. Um, but that's not really what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about now. Now we're done with Darwin James. We got to talk about Jalen Smith uh, and the Cowboys. Yes, Jalen Smith. He, uh, he had a big payday. A big that's payday. not really what I'm concerned about, though, because now this they're clearly talking to players without talking to Dak and Zeke. I don't think that's true. I mean, he's not Zeke. They just Zeke. reported. They just reported that the Cowboys offered Zeke the second biggest contract for a running back in the NFL. Just did that. I don't know if he takes that though. If he doesn't, if he doesn't take that, he's stupid. He might want the best. Oh. Well, we said the same thing about Dak. Yeah. Dude, the thing about Dak is people, people. Are, I think people are blowing the forty million out. I think when he says forty million, I, Dak Prescott knows in his mind he's not getting forty million. You ask for forty, and then the whole you get. Yeah, that was. Yeah, well, yeah, that's just that's just like that was a point I made. But trying to get more money. See, but here's the thing: quarterbacks have a different leverage. Also, Dak is actually in a contract year. Zeke yeah. is three years away from his contract. Um, Ian, you want to tell you want to tell him how much you would give Dak? All right, look, I'm not a fan of Dak. Obviously, I said that Dak is not worth more than twelve million dollars a year. Maybe that's a little extreme, but realistically, if you're offering him thirty million dollars, I, okay. I think you're way overpaying for him. I said thirty. Hey, Bryce, where, where'd you put him around? You put him around like yeah, thirty's your max. Okay, I'd say so I have a question for twenty-five would be my max at most. I mean. That's that's enough. Realistically, if Dak's not if Dak's not going to take the thirty million, I would so, I personally wouldn't bother if if it comes to that, can't t- tank for a year, get Trevor Lawrence or something. I don't know. Dak, what? I mean, not Trevor. The thing, Lawrence, the thing about quarterbacks is a lot of times you'll you'll take the risk and ride out on a guy who's a sure thing. You know what Dak Prescott's going to do. You know he can win you some games. You know he's. he's I just I don't think that what Dak Prescott can do for you is worth thirty five million dollars. I don't think it's worth thirty million dollars. Frankly, it's just talented quarterback. Sure, I mean, but what, thirty million dollar talent. Which quarterbacks no. who are making just that money I see it, no. are actually worth? There's not a. And that's the thing. A lot of the the quarterback market is exactly. extremely oversaturated, which I get. I, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of quarterbacks making way too much money right now. The quarterback market is way oversaturated, but you got to pay it. It's kind of just what it is. It's a war tax. Yeah. I mean, QB is... a quarterback who proves that you can successfully win games and have decent statistical seasons, then you're going to get at least 25 to $30 million a year, depending yeah. on what the quarterback market is at this time. And if the Cowboys would have came to that last year, you might could have gotten for $25 million a year. But um, waiting for the Eagles to get Carson Wentz, who statistically hasn't – you can make an argument between him and Dak whose stats is better, but most of the stats, look to me, say Dak. So now he sets the market at thirty-two, at $33 million. Now Dak wants 34 or 33 because that's what Carson got. I think 
I mean, you're bringing up a very touchy debate there between Dak and Wentz. Personally, I take well, Wentz. Wentz, Wentz has he, he he doesn't stay healthy. He has he's he, his peak has shown that he has a higher ceiling than Dak, but his floor doesn't show me that he has a higher floor than Dak. Yeah, you could probably make that argument. I think personally, if I had to go. Um, if I had to pay Dak, if I was, you know, in that position, um, I'd be pretty lenient. Because when you have a quarterback that can play at a decent level, uh, you're taking a risk if you let him go, really. I mean, unless you have a plan in the draft, or unless you are 100% sold on a draft prospect, um, or you have a trade partner, uh, it's risky. See, here's the thing. You can go out and get a guy like, say, a Nick Foles or, or someone who's proven that they can play quarterback and win maybe a couple games as a backup. If you go out and get somebody like that, okay, you probably pay them just because they're a quarterback $15 million to $18 million a year, and they'll probably pilot you to an 8-8, and 9-7, and 10-6 year. But the Cowboys have a roster that is right now this is as best as we're gonna get as far as Super Bowl ready. Like you got Zeke in his prime, you got Amari in his prime, you got Jalen in his prime, Demarcus Lawrence in his prime, you got LVE who is about to who's gonna be one of the best linebackers in the league. You got all of these guys, and then plus you got Byron Jones who's who's coming off all pro year. You got all these guys who are ready to compete, and if you don't pay Dak to come back for the next two or three years. You're waiting another two two or three years anyway for, you know, Lawrence or Tua or, or whatever, and you're wasting these guys, and then you're going to have to replace those guys by the time your quarterback is ready to go. So that's yeah. why Dak has the leverage. Like, that's why he has the leverage to do it. And I also think it was smart to go ahead. We were talking about Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith's contract is like maybe, I think, the eighth highest paid linebacker in the league. You set the market on a young on a, on a young stud. You set the market rather than waiting to see what the market will hold and let another another young linebacker come in and maybe set it instead. So now you got you got out in front of it, and now you don't have to worry about Jalen. You got him secure. He he's one of the anchors of your of your defense. Yeah, I I, I see where you're coming from, but the the main argument that's made against Dak and paying him is a lot of his success comes back to Zeke, who is obviously right now he's holding out. Um, he wants more money. I can't say I blame him, but... Um, See, and, and the thing, the reason why Zeke wants his money is because he's lost out so much on, on endorsements with all the stupid stuff he does off the field. Come on, I, I think that's part of it. I think that's part of it. He's the best player on the Dallas Cowboys. That guy should be rolling in endorsements. He should be on a Campbell Soup commercial or something. I said those go to Dak mainly. Yeah, Dak. those go to Dak because Dak doesn't do anything off the field. Yeah, I mean, I mean what, that's true. Since, since he's gotten into the NFL, what has Dak, besides anything he's done on the field, what has Dak been in the headlines for? Nothing. 
Zeke is out doing stupid stuff, you know, pushing the security guard, stuff with domestic violence. I mean, his name, his name just isn't as marketable as Dak because Dak is, he does it the right way. He's the leader of men, while Zeke is out pushing security guards and getting extorted for it. I think the spotlight was always more on Zeke, though, because Zeke was, he was top five pick in the draft. He was a star coming out of Ohio State. But for Dak, that was not at all the case. You know, was he a fourth-round guy, third-round guy? Fourth-round. He's a fourth-round guy. He wasn't even supposed to start his rookie year at all. Yeah, he was going to be a third-string quarterback, and he had to earn that third-string quarterback spot. Yeah, so he did. I mean, to his credit, he had a great rookie season. He he had yeah, a lot of people going year. into his It should have been Zeke, but yes. I think he was rookie of the year, right? I mean, and, and here's the thing. Before Zeke went out, Dak was an MVP candidate. And, and, and Zeke goes out the same time around Tyron Smith going out. And, of course, that Atlanta game happened, and, and it just messed up Dak's mindset. And I, I hadn't seen Dak recover from that until uh, – about last year, really. I mean, I didn't really see him being able to be confident in the pocket and be able to make throws until maybe that second game with Amari, really. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I think they need to pay Zeke and Dak. Um, whatever happens, happens. But I think you need to keep what you have if you're the Cowboys. Because that team with, D- with Zeke and Dak is – I haven't won the division – I think they easily could. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Like I said, I think I think for me, if I'm the Cowboys, I have this rookie who's who's done pretty well in the preseason. He's not Zeke, but okay, I go into I go into the regular season. I see what we got. Let's see. Let's play a game or two. See what we got. See if everything that everyone says about Dak Prescott is true. For one thing, it'll show you do you does Dak deserve the thirty-four million dollars of his maybe he should lower his expectations. And it also shows you how valuable Zeke is. Is Zeke do we really need Zeke? I think we need Zeke, but do we really need to pay him whatever he's asking? Do we need to give him a blank check? I think I the season's gonna help you find that answer, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, you definitely if you after the game after the first game or two and you see okay we need Zeke, you go to Zeke say hey we got a blank check buddy, let's figure this out. Yeah, definitely. So with that, uh, we're gonna move in to award predictions, which are gonna be very wrong. I'm gonna just tell you now. Um, when did we do them? <laughs> did we get a single? I think we did them later. I actually when I looked. When I looked oh, back, I not. almost got every one. So we probably did them later in the year. No, I think you're. I think I mean, you. Had to mm, I think you said Breeze because I. I think your thing was they weren't going to give Mahomes Offensive Player of the Year and MVP, but then they did. I might, I might have that backwards. I think you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I did say that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's what. Maybe I, I think I, I might have said Mahomes wins MVP, but not Offensive Player of the Year just because. Well, he he won it, so. Because I feel like I feel like. Mahomes All right, so you want let's start with MVP. I think we I I have Mahomes again. Yeah. I think he repeats. Yeah. Bar these are all barring any injury. Mahomes is the easy um, answer here, just repeating. But yes, I think Mahomes is definitely my pick for MVP again, back to back. He's just a beast. You know. Uh yes, he is. Obviously, it's Mahomes. You know who Mahomes is. Honestly, um, I think you got any, um... I think I'm gonna go Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Now, I think he's past the time where he's won an MVP. Is I think he's won his last MVP. I, I think he. I think he's. I think he's due for that kind of that more. See, that's the thing about Brady, and uh, another thing about LeBron that's happened. It's like they only have so many MVPs. There's a lot of MVP awards with their name on it that don't have their name on it. I'm going to tell you why I go Tom Brady. I mean, when I think about what Tom Brady has coming into this year, I mean, I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, I can really only name, you know, Edelman. You know, no, they got, they got, I mean, they got Neil Harry. We'll see. He's kind of injured, so we'll see what he does. I don't think Nik- I don't think they're gonna play Nikhil Harry that much more in the preseason because there's injured there's concerns about his hamstrings and everything, which I don't I, I'm all for that frankly just keep him healthy keep him out of the preseason, um, see what he can do in the regular season ease him into it because our wide receiver core right now is just we only have two there's only like two names that like matter at so the moment receivers. at wide out besides Harry, uh, running back same. I mean, you got you got Edelman he's and Gordon, obviously. Uh, people are hoping to he's not going to do shit. <laughs> he ain't going to do shit. I'm sorry. The, uh, list. I mean, I'm I'm agreeing. I agree with the skeptics that he's 31, he's coming off a torn Achilles. I'm also optimistic in seeing what he's got, what he can bring to the team. If he can bounce back from torn Achilles, I'm all for seeing what he can do. Uh, uh, I don't know if he's going to play he has no season game tonight. To. Obviously, this will be up Saturday. He so. he there's no reason for him to. Uh, I guess, I, yeah, he if he's just coming off it, then. Well. I mean, it's the, it's the third one, so they're playing starters for the first half tonight. So we'll see Brady. I, play, we'll see Edelman. We'll see I don't Brady. think Tom Tom Brady's kind of past that time. See, here's the thing. Here, when I look at his offensive weapons, I don't see that much like we normally do. And I see an opportunity where maybe Patriots go, say, 13-3, and 12-4, and, and Tom Brady still balls out. I can, see, I can see a scenario where they give him MVP because I think that the Patriots might you know, be able to win some close games. And that will help his his MVP candidacy, and then maybe they give offensive player of the year to either to, to Mahomes or or somebody like that. But I don't. I just I don't know. I feel I feel like Brady is due for an MVP. He hasn't had an MVP year in a while. In a while, it's been like what two years? Yeah, it was two years ago. Seventeen. Dang it. 
Brady won MVP in 2017. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. He did. It was uh, right before the yeah, he, was, yeah, yeah, I don't see that. Too. I think it's easily Mahomes. Um, but offensive player of the year, it was going to, I mean, I said Mahomes MVP. This is going to be Mahomes again. I mean, if Mahomes, if, if you have, if you have an Mahomes, offensive player winning MVP, then he's going to be offensive player of the year too. That's how it should work. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I mean, it, that's how it worked last year. I hate about MVP and you know, all these awards. It just goes to the best quarterback. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, it's it goes to the quarterback. So I think offensive player of the year should be for like the best skill position player. Uh, they don't limit it like that. Maybe they should. And that makes sense. I mean, it just really hit me so with the unless. If they were to do that, obviously they don't do it like that. Who would be your best um, position player? My who would win that award? Yeah. Man, I, I don't know. Probably unless. Saquon. But. <laughs> I feel like I I feel like I go. Uh, I you know I can I can get behind that. Gosh, I can't think of his name. The running back from the Saints right now. Kamara. Yeah, I think I can go Kamara just because of how much he impacts the pass and the run game. Kamara. Hardly does because, it. Just because Peyton's ecosystem just breeds offensive production. That's true. It does. Frankly, I think Saquon would be my yeah, top choice. Gurley right be up there too. Yeah, I give him love. Girl, like Girl, Todd Gurley. He's the only one I need to see him come back and kind of be Gurley again. Yeah, Arthur Wright. This is a is a bit. <laughs> yes, I did. Arthur Wright. This. Did you? Did you right. Right. Arthur Wright is in your knee. And you're like 25, yeah, 26. God. That's. That's football, baby. That's tough. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, that's football. No, uh, so DPOY, who y'all got this time? Donald, man. This has got to be Donald. Yeah, Aaron Donald. DPOY. Like, I mean, he's still the best there is. I don't want to just repeat everything from last year. Yeah, man. him or Mac. I think I don't think Mac's going to have a good enough. He is. I, I mean, Mac's it's going to be, be him or Mac, players. right? Like, consider, well, I, I think the Bears aren't going to have a good enough year for the Bear for Mac to be in consideration award. That's how I should work that. Yeah, NFL does kind of work that way. I think Donald's going to win it again. I think we're all in agreement with Donald. So, how about defensive rookie of the year? I got defensive rookie of the year. So, this is where things get a little interesting. Because there are my two names that come to my mind are Nick Bosa and Quinn Williams, who were drafted back to back in the first round. I personally would give it to Nick Bosa. Um, I think Nick Bosa is going to be tearing the league up for a very long time. Um, so I'm going to say he's my favorite for defensive rookie of the year. Allen. All right, so I, too, have Nick Bosa, but I also have Josh Allen. And the thing is, I feel like Josh Allen is going to make, like, an immediate impact on that Jacksonville defense. I think most of the defensive players drafted in the first round are going to make immediate impacts on their teams. Because, like, Quinn Williams is going to be immediate impact. 
Nick Bosa is going to be immediate impact. Josh Allen is going to be immediate impact. De- uh, Devin White, immediate impact. Um, no. Well, yes, 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 he will be. Um, yeah, I, I just think a lot of the defensive talent in the first round is going to be very, very good this year. I'm gonna for for defensive rookie of the year. I'm gonna go with the man from the AAC, Ed Oliver. That's not a bad one either. He's gonna be good too. But I say he's on a good defense. He's he, I, I think the Bills are gonna be a pretty solid defense. So I think really he could he has a chance to really just make a, make a big impact there. Yeah, the Bills definitely are building something on that defense. The offense needs a little touching up still, but defensive up is uh that's kind of light to say. <laughs> they they need it. I mean, they need they still need some receivers, running backs. They're kind of they need one. The line needs some work. It's but defensively they are scary. Yeah. Um. So, I think we all got a you got Ed Oliver. We got Nick Bosa. How about offensive rookie of the year? That's. It was. Yeah. <laughs> um, you see, this is a this was a really defensive draft, like especially in the first round. So like, he's kind of he has a chance, but it depends on how he's healthy. Perry, he is so I guess at the start. I mean, um, man, I don't know. I mean, offensive rookie of the year could go to that's true. a lot of different people. Um, I feel no. I don't feel like he's going to have a good year. I feel like it's and that's not going to be right now cuz I mean he's going to start immediately for the Cardinals. I don't think he's going to have a great year, but I think the I think just cuz there's such oh. a lack of offensive rookies. I mean, I don't think Josh Jacobs is going to See, have, like, they could if he has the best year cuz I was thinking like no um, fan. Are they going to give offensive rookie of the year to a the other? I can't remember. I mean, yeah. So one of those guys could win it. Um Hawkinson. Man. Yeah, I, I don't know. This is a tough offensive draft as far as – I mean, there's no really – because here's the thing. Even the ones, like, who come to mind, they don't have necessarily the best situation. Because – yeah, because most of the QBs are – might say because Haskins has, is probably going to be – Second string. Kyler <laughs> Murray, I mean, he hasn't showed me anything in the preseason. Uh, Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders, I mean, both of them are – pretty good bags, but I don't think they're going to have enough I don't know, the opportunity and then plus how good the teams are going to be I don't know if that really sets them up and then the thing about David Montgomery I mean, he's a pretty good running back but, you know, he's he's behind uh, gosh, I can't think of his name right now I'll, yeah yeah, Tariq Cohen, shout out to Greensboro by the way uh, <laughs> and then tight ends, I mean, you never see tight ends win it, so it's kind of yeah, but it might be. I mean, in terms of talent, the two fan it and weird to see a Hawkinson are. I mean, the, the, those are two of the most talented offensive players <laughs> in this draft. You know who else could be an interesting one? Paris Campbell. I feel like he's going to fit in really nicely with the Colts' offense. I think he's going to be like the he's going to be the number two option, for, or at least the number two wide receiver in that offense. Um, if Andrew Luck can like 
turn into Andrew Luck we've known, and not the Andrew Luck whose injuries keep getting mismanaged by the Colts. That it, it's really dangerous. up in the air, and maybe um, he has a big year for who could win it. I would say it's going to be one of the Iowa tight ends, either or. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, but the thing, the person yeah, I like, it, I mean, it makes I think, sense. Because uh, there's not a lot. Of I, I know how much Matthew Stafford likes to use tight ends. Yes, he does. He does like tight ends. Even though uh, him and uh, him and uh, Eric Ebron never. Never really got in sync. He threw. To, he had a lot of opportunities. Yeah. I think that to me that is just really the most important thing when it comes to to, to winning awards is your opportunity, really. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Opportunity, and then how good the people around you are, because you know, say a running back like uh, like the kid from Oakland. I mean, I don't know how good that offensive line is going to be to be able to block for him. But we're gonna have to see about that. Offensive rookie of the year is questionable. Um, what about? Hold on, hold on. I, I got, I got one more thing. Yeah. Um. So we never thought of this. Earlier, you guys Jordan want to talk? Williams, maybe come back player of the year and coach of the year really quickly. No, I don't. Think... Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Because I remember uh, when oh, Zach Martin oh, yeah, was drafted right. <laughs> for the Cowboys. I love and offensive players. He was doing really well. He was like all pro, and people were like, "Are they gonna really give?" Office to to an offensive lineman, I think that would be really cool. I think offensive lineman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't yeah. Quentin Nelson the number three offensive rookie of the year last year? I mean, to be fair, Quentin Nelson was insane last year, and I think he is one of the best guards in football right now. But and see, that's if, if they give, I think this is how bad of a rookie class does it have to be that. for them to give we offensive rookie to the lineman? My thing is with Jonah Williams, it's his team's ass. So he's got the Bengals. The Bengals throw the ball a lot. They run the ball. I mean, you know, they, they they're decent defense. I mean, offensively, defensively, they're not that great. No. Yeah, that's that's being nice. Um. So that's putting comeback. We did actually plan comeback player of the year. Yes, comeback player of the year. Um, man. Oh, did we see maybe last I'm year? Maybe I'm Bill. Maybe I don't know. Last year it was really. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't I mean, know. Do they give? Do they give? Last year was easy because half the league game? stars went down. So like you could have just thrown a dart and it could have been right. This year, um, a lot less interesting. I think Le'Veon's going to have a big impact for Jets. Le'Veon is not a bad option. Um, I mean, really, when I, when I think about it, he's the best star coming back from, from being a year off. He's going to have a lot of opportunity yeah. on a very bad Jets team. I really can't think of anyone else right at the moment, so I, I will... I think that's a safe pick. I mean, I don't know. Earl Thomas could get easily overshadowed by anyone on that defense. 
That's true, but at the same time, that's why if he has such a good year, New York, then... I wouldn't say is the best right now in terms of like his offensive line. I think, I think, I think, I think the way Le'Veon if he has a runs, great year, I think his touch yeah. is just. I think Le'Veon's going to be the offense. Override some of those, because I mean, like I said, sometimes you need good teammates, but I think guys like that, you just need some average teammates. Yeah, make you look good. He, he's he's a generational talent at running back. Yeah, I think people kind of forget that sometimes. To me, there there are three generational guys. Well, four now with Saquon, Saquon, Zeke, Gurley, and Bell. I think those guys are sick of generational type talents. Yeah, I could agree with that. And maybe if it was just running, but I mean, he can also go out and to the slot. You can line up and play play outside. You can uh, motion them out. You can get them out of the backfield. There's some screens. Like there are things, there are ways to be able to get Le'Veon a bunch of touches and a bunch of yards. Hundred percent. A bunch of touchdowns. Who knows? I don't think the Jets are very good. I don't think they're going to be very good in the red zone this year. <sighs> I feel like they're going to kick a lot of field goals. All right, so co- you you wanted to talk about coach of the year? Well, it's, it's going to be Sean Payton or McVay. We could talk. We could talk. Coach I mean, one of those two. Much. It's got to be. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, Sean Payton or McVay for me. I think I agree. I mean, Sean Payton. I don't know. Yeah, he's, 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 I think McVay's going to be in the coach of the year talk every year for the next 15 or 20 years. years. I don't know. It depends if people catch up to his tactics. See, I... Yeah. I mean, the tactics is really just he's playing way more aggressively. That was a big issue with Jeff Fisher and with the Rams. He was like... He, you know, you get fourth and three from the twenty yard line, and eh, just kick the field goal, but then your defense gets eaten alive, and you just you don't you're not putting up that many points. Sean McVay, on the other hand, he's going for it. He's playing way more aggressively, using that offense to its full potential. You know, Gurley was looking like a bust a few years ago. Now, you know, he's got Gurley, a perennial All Pro. Jared Goff, same situation. You know, everyone was saying he was a bust after his rookie season, but then they bring in McVay. Yeah. Jared Goff looks like a quarterback that actually, you know, deserved being drafted yeah. number one overall. I mean, that's it's all just the aggressiveness, and uh, I think, I think that's just something that's going to stick with uh, McVay, and I think it's just going to be Man, something that I just have a problem with guys who are super successful. Going to the geniuses, you know, after only a year or two of success, really. I mean, I think I think he I think he has some really good things that he teaches and everything like that. And but something about him just kind of seems like eventually the league is going to catch up to what he's doing. I mean, because what he's doing is nothing more genius than what Andy Reid is doing, really. Yeah, I can see that. And I mean, and to be honest, I mean, other than quarterback, McVay has a lot more talent available to him. He's, he, I think he's just more. He knows how to use that talent and get the most out of it. 
to where some coaches. I'm about to say because he has three wide receivers who I think could be wide receiver ones. Um, definitely Cooks. Cup, I don't know. He's more. I think Cup. I think Cup is the best of the group, really. And Robert. Whoa, Robert I don't know about good, that. He's, he's six one. two. He runs routes really well. He's got good hands. I would definitely take Brandon Cooks Ooh. as the best. I, I, I like Cooper Cup. I mean, Cup is Cup is good, but Brandon Cooks. Yeah, is, I love Cooper Cup as much as the next. He's one. up there. With, all right, so I think it's good. That's a good transition, actually, um, into in the fantasy football which we all play. Yeah. And I know people I play against listen, so I am yep, screwing myself for your entertainment. You happy? I hope you're happy with this segment. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about some sleepers. Um, start with running back. So I got a couple sleepers. I think left great years. Um, this first one, I'm just going to go out with this one. I don't think it's a very hard sleeper to pick out. I think most people kind of have this idea already. Uh, definitely Austin Ackler of the Chargers. With Melvin Gordon being in the situation he is and holding out, Ackler is next man up. Uh, and he can catch out of the backfield. He can run. He's a, he's a very solid back, and you definitely should be looking out for him. Um, number two for me, just another sleeper. Uh, especially in PPR leagues, Duke Johnson. Yeah. Um, he's going to be probably the number one back over there in Texas after the trade. So definitely peep him. And one more. Um, I think people should people should be looking out for David Montgomery too. I feel like he's going to be asked to do a lot of the heavy ground lifting for the Bears. As Cohen, I mean, Cohen's a good back. It's just... He's more out of the backfield and throw to him, where I think David Montgomery will be the man who's kind of like the meat, you know, like the main course of the back. So I think those three you should look out for. All right. So my first, I don't know if it's necessarily a sleeper. I mean, uh, it's outside the top 20 on ESPN, but... um. Damian Williams from the Chiefs. He uh, he took over after Kareem Hunt got cut. He kind of just fit right in. And he put up pretty good numbers, despite his limited usage. So I think this yep. season, they're going to use him probably at the same rate, but just more because he'll get more touches overall. I don't know if I consider him a sleeper, um, considering he is a, a starting back. I don't know if I named any clear number one backs. But Eckler might be, but he wouldn't be normally. Well, I don't know. I think Eckler. I mean, he really struggled the the couple of games that he had when Melvin Gordon was out, though. So I don't know how much I trust him. I think I think he's definitely someone to look out for. All right, so my number yeah. two is uh, Tevin Coleman from the 49ers. Uh, so it's 
I think they still have Jarek McKinnon, right? Yeah, so it's going to be between him and McKinnon. Um, I'm a big fan of both those backs. I think McKinnon is going to be the starter in this case. But still, with Coleman, I still I think Coleman is a very good running back. Very yeah, underrated. Uh, very, very fast, good at running the ball and catching the ball. He's a PPR machine, pretty much. My only problem with and Coleman I think is that McKinnon's going to be Coleman back, too, on, and they're kind of the same type of back. Um, but maybe. I mean, there's a possibility. Because Coleman can – McKinnon does kind of the same stuff. He goes out of the backfield, catches balls too. He can run well. But we'll see. Who's number three? All right, so this guy, I don't really know a lot about him, um, but a lot, College. Of, people, mm. a lot of Dolphins fans I know have been pretty high on him. Uh, it's this guy, Kalen Ballage from Miami. Um, he had limited usage last season. Obviously, he's behind Kenyon Drake. But a lot of people are saying that this guy is looking like he's going to get more usage this season. Uh, they're very high on him. Uh, that's risky. I, again, I don't know about him. I'm going strictly off what Dolphins fans that I know have been saying. So it, it is risky. But um, I'll take their word for it. I don't know a thing about this guy. But if he's if he's supposed to be really good... That's a great look for our show. We're then, taking, you know, or we're we're going fully off faith, <laughs> fans. All right, so, I'm taking, fan, I'm taking fantasy advice from. from other uh, I really love Naheem Hines. Hines, yes. Yeah, I love. Him Although he might be a. You said what? He might be a starter though. I think. I think. I, I think um, yeah, I think. I don't know. That'll probably be a running back by committee. I think I think Max got the start. I, I mean, Hines is good. Hines found his Hines found his role really as the as a pass catching back. Kind of to me, to me, he's a lot like uh, Austin Eckler was for for the Chargers. You know, he catches a lot of passes, has some more explosive plays. While Marlon Mack is really does most of the heavy lifting on the ground. All right, all right. Uh, a name we might have forgot about here, Rashad Penny. I could see that. Going to be behind Chris Carson this year, but I think he'll get a chance to to get some good carries, and I think he'll have some meaningful ones. Which mm-hmm. I don't know. The, the thing about the NFL now with having, you know, uh, running backs by committee, I think it's really – think. You know, other than maybe five or six guys, man, there's no longer those those dominant running backs who you have to draft in the first round now, other than those five or six guys. You know, so I think really, I mean, the running back position is just really just finding those guys who are due for good weeks. Yeah, it's, it's probably become more week by week. Yeah, I mean, another, uh, and my third sleeper will probably be for the running back position is Royce Freeman. Behind. Royce Freeman, yeah. yeah uh, Philip Lindsay. I can see that. Royce Freeman's very underrated, I think. Um, yeah, he's not. He, I mean, he, didn't, he, he wasn't better than Lindsay last year. No, no. So, wideouts. Um, I think my first one, I don't even know. To me, this isn't really even a sleeper. 
Um, but maybe just some that don't really realize. I would say Tyler Boyd. Um, that man could play. Uh, I mean, he's in Atlanta. Yeah, because he's hurt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. They got him ranked ahead of AJ Green right now. Yep. Uh, oh, that's Boyd true. is going to be probably, unless Green plays, definitely the number one. Right. So definitely look out he's, for Boyd. He's going to be number one on a bad offense, though. That, sometimes that makes it better. That is true. I mean, because you get a lot of opportunities if you're a bad team because you got to throw the ball to catch up. Yeah. Uh, another sleeper, I think. Um, I would say probably, man, I don't know if this is really a sleeper either, but Will Fuller. Um, well, he's, he's a wide receiver too. Yeah, he, he's definitely behind Hopkins. Sometimes forgotten about. Um, he's very good. Does kind of struggle with staying healthy, but, you know, who doesn't? And my last one, um, man, it's kind of tough. I would say someone like, I don't know, maybe like a deep sleeper, like like a Muhammad Sanu or even like Moncrief. I mean, there's a lot of guys, maybe even Deshaun Jackson who's back in Philly. I mean, there's a lot of guys you could go with. At that uh, at that position, I think Deshaun Jackson and Philly gonna be a little better than people think, especially if Wentz is still playing or if doesn't get hurt. I mean, he's still a deep threat. Yeah, that could definitely be a good pick. So, oh, absolutely. All right. So my first sleeper is uh is uh again I don't I'm not a hundred percent sure if I consider this guy. Yeah, I mean ranked. I don't know. I just think the Cardinals. But uh, Christian Kirk from the Arizona Cardinals. He had a he had a good rookie year with Rosen. We don't know how Kyler's going to do in this offense. There's a lot of questions about that. If the Kyler to Kirk connection's there. Yeah, he's a very solid pick. He's projected to have a pretty solid year, but obviously the projections are never right. So I could definitely get behind Christian Kirk this season. Yeah, that's a very good season um, as two, well. Um, he's actually yeah. the guy right behind Will Fuller from your predictions, uh, Kiki Kuti. Yeah, he's a he's a great slot guy. Uh, didn't get a ton of usage last season. I'm going to guess that he's going to get more usage this year as he gets more comfortable with Deshaun Watson in the offense. So I could see him getting a pretty solid year. Uh, he only had 28 catches yeah. last year. I'd, I'd say double that for this year, at least. I think they're going to utilize him a lot in that Texans offense. And my number three. My number three. Tyrell Williams. Um, I mean, Tyrell Williams isn't terrible. He's, uh, again, we don't really know how Oakland's going to be. Obviously, the main focus that Oakland offense is Antonio Brown. Tyrell Williams is their number two right now, so... I mean, he won't be bad. Well, you have a... 
I could I could get behind him. Uh, I don't know if this guy's necessarily a sleeper, but I, I don't think a lot of people are gonna think about him. I think he's a I think he's a good guy to take in, in you know kind of a flex position that you if you need him in maybe like a sixth or seventh eighth round type deal. Curtis Samuel. Mm, okay. You know I've been hearing a lot of good things from from uh, Panthers camp about him and the potential that he has. And I mean, Cam is a, is, a, is a pretty good quarterback, so it's not like he'll be dealing with the issues of Cam anyone getting him the ball. Yeah. Uh, a guy who was probably, I think he's, I don't, he's probably a wide receiver one, but I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. Moore. Who? DJ Moore. No, no. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, we're not talking about the Panthers anymore? No, no, no. I was talking about another guy. Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah. He's a, I think, I th- he's probably going to be wide receiver one for, for the Broncos. Manuel Sanders? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think he, he's kind of considered more of a sleeper because of the QB situation going on over there. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But, yeah. I mean, it's pretty clear, Emmanuel Sanders, if you're in a PPR league, you know, he – he always catches, you know, somewhere upwards north of sixty catches and eight hundred yards and a few touchdowns. So I mean, if you know you have a guy like that, I think that's a good guy to take a take a late round flyer on. Uh, let's see who else. Mm. A guy who I really like from last year was Robbie Anderson. You know, I don't yeah, know. great deep threat. I'm not a big fan of Darnold or whatever, but I think Robbie Anderson. I think he you know, he he showed that he can produce even with a bad quarterback. So why not take a late round of flyer on? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's really all the positions for sleepers that really matter because tight end. No. Yeah. And then, and then tight ends. Tight quarterback end, doesn't really necessarily have you know, really, There's not a lot of dominant tight ends other than like the first two or three. Like after that, it's pretty much just name out of a hat. Yeah. So I think we're gonna we're gonna be content with that as our fantasy football segment for now. Um, we're gonna transition to our last thing, which is um the AP top twenty-five for college football. So do you want to read off the uh, the top 25? Do you have them up? All right. Sure, I'll read them off. Mm-hmm. I do. All right, so the number one is Clemson. The number two is Alabama. Number three is Georgia. Number four is Oklahoma. Uh, number five is Ohio State. Number six is LSU. Number seven is Michigan. Number eight is Florida. Number nine is Notre Dame. Number 10 is Texas. Number 11 is Oregon. Number 12 is Texas A&M. Number 13 is Washington. Number 14 is Utah. Number 15 is Penn State. Number 16 is Auburn. Number 17 is UCF. Number 18 is Michigan State. Number 19 is Wisconsin. Number 20 is Iowa. Number 21 is Iowa State. Number 22 is Syracuse. 
Number 23, I think Rutgers. really the only number two that are going to matter is and number, number one and two, Bama, Clemson. Um, I think we're, we are destined for at least one more year to get Bama versus Clemson, as it is probably two was last year in Alabama. Uh, Lawrence has this in next year. So re- realistically, I don't think it's going to matter how like Ohio State does or how Oklahoma does or how Texas does. It won't really matter in the end because I think it's just going to – it's inevitably going to be Bama-Clemson again. Clemson's probably going to win the next two at the very least. I mean, they are stacked. Clemson's got talent. I know they lost a lot of defensive guys – I mean, they still have Trevor. They still got Trevor Lawrence and I mean, they lost their Travis Etienne, and I forget the receiver's so name. That's filthy. incredible too. Um, but they're they're stacked. Trust me, Clemson is going to the next two college football championships at least. Bama, we'll see. Definitely this year they're going to go back because they're going to be led by Tua again for one more year. But I think that's really all that matters right now. I mean, yeah, that's every. That's true. I'm, I'm sure we'll see Raza tweets on that about Ohio, Ohio State being at five is too low. I think it's like a more interesting debate. When outside of Clemson and Alabama, is, does it really matter? Dabo has become Nick Saban as far as when it comes to who's the top guy as far as coaches. He He's definitely up there. He's probably next in line to take the torch, but Saban's not done. No, Saban, Saban's not done. And Saban's going to get probably another national championship or two. If you if in the next five years, so I mean it's not like he's going to stop him. But I think before I think everyone used to try to want to be Nick Saban, and now I think Dabo has become the guy that everyone's looking to. Yeah. Be because he's fun. He's Dabo. You know, he's that culture. You know, he's he's you know he's 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 swagging it up on the sidelines with his players. Like, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, he, he's a fun guy versus Nick Saban, who is. You know, Bill Belichick, you know, we do it the right way. We grind, we work hard, we, we hit the gears. Like, just, just he's he's the type of guy that I don't think makes it that fun to play for. Necessarily versus Dabo, I think, is a guy who wants to have a lot of fun. And I think, you know, one of the things I see a lot in whenever I go to high school football players, uh, I mean, uh, coaches' offices, there's always Dabo Sweeney somewhere. There's a Dabo Sweeney quote or a picture or, or something from him because I think a lot of those coaches really enjoy the it is, it is fair to note that you do cover and go to lots of Carolina schools. Yeah. So that is probably definitely going to be more the case. I'm sure, I'm sure there's people down in Alabama that still are, you know, See, but that's that, that's the thing, though. I'm in North Carolina, Clemson, South Carolina, so I mean, yeah. And there's never really been a lot of love between either the Carolinas, so no, that's he, true. He's, he's he's migrated north for sure, but I think that that's probably more what you're going to see, just because, like I said, he's more fun to play for, and I think I think a lot of high school coaches are looking for that because you know 
it's 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 not it, it it's it's not quiet. I mean, it's not very very quiet that uh, high school football's numbers are dropping every year as far as number of participants, which means they're probably going to be either lower or about the same in college football and lower who want to take a chance in the NFL. So, I mean, you got to find ways to get people there and, and, and somebody like Dabo who's fun, who loves the game and who can really teach you without having to grind you down every day. I think that's that's really important. Yeah, I think that's 100% correct. Um, I don't really got much else to say about college football right now. I just think just watch Alabama-Clemson again. Um, Ian, if you don't have anything. Yeah, I'll probably be watching um, this Saturday. I can't wait for college football to be back. I think it comes back. When do it, it, is it back this Saturday? Yeah, after, though. Or just watch it on mute and have us in your ear. So when this episode goes up, go watch some college football. Yeah. yeah. Unless, unless Gus Johnson's announcing, then you could turn yeah, us off. You know what? That's probably the best idea. Just do that. Well, I'll, get, I'll, I'll pass on that. Or Kirk Hershey. He's, he's good, too. Well, we'll understand if it's Gus Johnson. I'll try my best. I know I'm the connections guy, but I don't know how good I am to get. I'd have to do a little work to get Gus Johnson. Yeah. I'll have him. How about if we do ever get Gus Johnson? I'll just strictly have him do calls for us. Yes. Yeah. We, I don't we know if he can do like full Gus energy, Johnson but we'll, his best calls. We'll, we'll take 25% full energy and everything. Too, energy, honestly. We'll just take no, it, we're gonna, we're gonna We'll just sure take him energy. being on. Like, like, if he doesn't, even if he doesn't talk. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're, we're yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. No, but let's get Gus Johnson on sometime, but, um, all right, that's going to do it for episode 54 of I'm Walking Here. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at IWH Podcast. You can follow myself on Twitter at ENM Cusick, spelled C U S I C K. You can follow Bryce on Twitter at It's Yours. Uh, no, uh, subscribe to me on YouTube. Have there's anything you want to plug here? Yeah. Go check them out. Yeah. All right, and yeah, you can. You can It'll follow Hefe on Twitter title, at YGARTTD. So. so, yeah, you can follow him there. Uh, that'll – it will be in the Thank title. Thank y'all for having me, man. That will do it. All right.